Open up your Bibles to First uh, Timothy chapter four. Uh, we're we're on our fourth part of this introductory study to this new year. To the the focus that the Lord has gave us as as a church. Uh, you know, He gave us First uh, Timothy four twelve as our verse of the year, along with Matthew chapter five verses fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. And so we've been working our way slowly through this. But at certain times, we have to do different things because we just follow the Lord. Whatever He wants to do in the service, if there's somebody here that has a particular need, then we'll just go in that direction. And so we'll finish this in His time. Uh, but let's start in First Timothy chapter 4. Let's start in verse 11. Let's read verses 11 and 12. If you're there, say amen. First Timothy four eleven and 12. These things command and teach. Not suggest, right? Command. These things command and teach. Let no man, don't let any person despise uh, thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. How? In these six ways. In word, in conversation, in charity. Today we're talking about in spirit. In spirit, in faith, and in purity. Let no man despise thy youth. You are to be an example. Amen? Hallelujah. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank, thank you for honoring the Word of God. So I'm stuck right here, right? Uh, so uh, I, this morning, I, I want you to know that um, that you are an example. You are an example uh, of the believers. God has set you up. He has He has named you into His family, and He's uh, blessed you with a with a holy calling. And He's gave you the opportunity to uh, touch people's lives. And so uh, I, it's so important that we renew our mind to what God says about us, rather than what we feel about ourselves and all of these things. And so. Uh, the reason why the Lord is leading us in this direction, because He wants to get it in your heart and my heart, uh, in our minds, renewed to this truth that we are an example to uh, everyone in our world. Whether we know it, whether we recognize it or realize it or not, you're an influence on people's lives. They're looking at how you do things and, and how you talk about things and the way that you see things. And, and, and all of those things are, uh, are a mighty responsibility. But with that responsibility, God gives you an anointing to make it an awesome possibility. Amen? And, and so this morning, I want you to be excited about that. And I, I want you to see, and I want you to make this decree with me. Say, I am light. Because that's what the Bible says. Out of the mouth of Jesus, that's what he said about you. Now, let's think about something just for a second. In uh, uh, Paul's writings to the church at Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6, he makes a statement in the last part of that verse. He says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, right? So, in other words, uh, leaven in the Bible is a type of, uh, of sin or, or, or shortcoming or whatever. Uh, and so, we know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but now we've got Jesus. That's why God sent Jesus, Right? And so, Jesus then, He said, I want you to see that, get your heart, your mind off the leaven and get it on the light. And so, if a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump, how much can the light of Jesus Christ in His church change not only your life, but all the influence that He's gave you? Amen? 
it's going to touch those in, in your world. So I want you to think about that as we, as we break down some things. Um, all right. So I, I, I want to look at a few things this morning. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want you to remember these three words. Uh, as we're talking about in spirit. Because when we're talking about in spirit this morning, we're talking about your attitude, your disposition. You, you know, we're, that, that's what he's talking about. And I recognize and understand this morning, if you're reading from a modern translation, uh, it's going to eliminate uh, this uh, number four out of these six. It's not going to be in there because uh, the modern translations was taken from a different set of uh, uh, text. Uh, and so... Uh, but anyway, you, you can, you can uh, solve that in your own mind uh, in prayer. Uh, but I, I, I want to be sure and cover it because I believe it's there in my heart. And that's on my heart. So uh, you may have to turn to the King James if you don't have that to be able to, to get uh, this in spirit. But when you get this in spirit, I want you to see that it's talking about you are an example. You're a two-post. You're a die that is cast uh, by the Lord. To thus take that example, that two post, that casting, that ability to influence others in spirit by your disposition, by your attitude. You know, you've heard people say, boy, they seem mean-spirited. Or, or boy, she has a real kind spirit. Or he has a gentle spirit. So that's what we're talking about this morning. So I, I, I want you to remember these three words as I started to say just a moment ago. Love, leniency, and loyalty. Love, Leniency and loyalty. So let's look at love. You are to be an example in spirit by the understanding of the love of God that is at work in your life. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's just pick it up in verse number 1. Uh, I know we use these scriptures all the time for weddings and, and praise God for it. Uh, but you and I, we are a spouse to Jesus Christ. Amen. And so these, these scriptures are important to us all the time. Paul, to the church at Corinth and to us this morning, says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am becoming as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Now, you and I, uh, you and I, we, we've got to see that uh, because we have the love of God in our hearts, Romans 5 and 8 says that the Holy Spirit shed abroad in your heart, the believer's heart, the love of God. That love is in you. That love is in me. And, and Paul here, he said, I can do all of these things by the Spirit. And, and if I'm not doing them in the love of God, uh, it has no meaning. It has no eternal purpose. It has no, it, I, I'm, I'm cutting what God has uh, in His heart out of the equation. And so this morning, you and I, we've got to see that when we are a two-post, when we are an example of the believers in spirit, our disposition is going to always be out of the, uh, the source of the love of God. Everything that you do and everything that I say is sourced by that love. Aren't you glad? Because I don't know about you, sometimes I run dry. Uh, in my own self, my own understanding, I, my well may go dry. But the well of salvation... In Jesus Christ, it never goes dry. So uh, he said in verse number two, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, have not love. He said, I am nothing. In other words, you and I, we've got to see that we get so caught up in uh, watching situations and circumstances and putting labels on what's happening in church services that that we miss 
the supernatural. We can be looking for the stupendous and miss the supernatural. We can be uh, looking for all of these, the, the, these things. And Paul said, even though that I have faith to move mountains. You know, Jesus said that you can move the mountain. Whatever mountains in your life, whatever mountains in my life, we can move those mountains. But uh, we've got to be in the place and the position that we see that everything we do, we do it by love. Jesus, he operated by love. Galatians 5 um, tells you and I that our faith, to move those mountains operates by love. So we've got to have the right attitude, the right, the right dispensation, uh, disposition, pardon me, uh, of wanting to do what God would have us to do. And it'll only be that you and I see that, that I, I'm, I, I question everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm saying. I come back and I put it according to the Word of God. And, and I see that I want to operate in and by love. Amen? All right. Now, notice what he says. He said, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body uh, to be burned, and have not charity, have not love, it profiteth me nothing. In other words, there's nothing that you and I can do if it's not out of love. So we, we've got to be in that place where, where I'm an example. I, I'm not... See, see, so many times people say, Well, I'm not going to do this because I can't do it like somebody else. And see, then we don't do what God would have us to do. But in ra- rather than doing that, we say, no, I'm going to do what I can do because I love Jesus. And because I first loved Him and I've received His love, I can love everybody else. And, and, and they need uh, what I have. That's not prideful. That's humility. That's the opposite. See, that you've got to come to the place. I've got to come to the place where we operate in the humility uh, by the Spirit of God to recognize that God called you and He gave you something to give to somebody else. Amen. But you've got to be, I've got to be humble enough to give that out. Amen? I've got to know that what I have to give is valuable. What you have to give is valuable. There's nobody else like you. Not one person can do what you can do. Not one person can uh, spread the same message that you can spread. Amen? And, and so this morning I want you to know that you are an example. And I want you to get in the place and the position where you say, when you look up into heaven, you say, thank God I am an example in number one in love. Right. And what I do, I do it because God loved me and I love him. Amen? Amen? Now notice this. He gives us some examples of this action coming out of our life. Love, charity, suffereth. Uh, long and is kind. It charity, love. It envieth not. It vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Verse five. It doeth not behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not her own. Yeah, love is not easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. What a powerful thing. Now you and I know that we talk to a lot of people, and the the devil torments them all the time because. He brings stuff back to their remembrance, something that somebody said or somebody did to hurt them. Well, what you and I have got to come back, we've got to say, Lord, that situation at that moment of time, that may have hurt me, that might have been disruptive, Uh, it might have been destructive in my life, but now I have your love in my life. And your love says that I can think no evil. So I don't have to think about what the devil meant harm to me. I don't have to think about what uh, the situation was there to cause me to struggle, to cause me to be stopped. No, I'm not going to think that. I'm going to think in the opposite. I'm going to think that that love of God that we're going to look at in a second that covers a multitude of sins. That love. And see, all of a sudden, then the way that you used to, the way that I used to be paralyzed, we're free. 
we have the ability to operate and function in, in, in the freedom of our salvation and the victory being an example to a world. The world right now is hurting. Oh, they're hurting. They're in fear. They're in, they have hatred toward one another because there's such a great dis, uh, distrust. There's, there's, there's all the things that the, the, these uh, entities, these evil spirits, the devil has an agenda to, to flow and to bring uh, separation among God's people and among uh, those that you and I are destined to touch. But he's not going to win, amen? Because we're going to be an example. We're going to be an example in love and we're going to think the good things of God. Now notice this. He said, uh, uh, love, it, it rejoices not in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. Now, the only way God wants us to rejoice, how often? Always, right? So love causes us to rejoice in truth. And if God wants me to rejoice always, then he's going to always, like Jesus said, lead me in truth. So the next time the devil tells you, well, you don't know what to do or you don't know if this is right or wrong, if this is uh, uh, truth or, 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 or just a, a moment of, of having to walk uh, and fill it out on your own and, and discover what is real or not, God, by His Spirit, will keep you and I in that place because of the love of God that's there in your life. So you can be an example. You can be an example. You can know the truth. Now, he said that, the love beareth all things, it believeth all things of God, hopeth all things, endureth all things. The love of God that you're an example of, the things that you're going through this morning, they're going to touch people's lives. Because they're going to say, how did they make it through that situation? How, how did they make it through that circumstance? They were being hit from all areas, all sides. How did they do that? And, and they're going to start questioning and as they start questioning, they're going to see the Spirit of God in your life and upon your life. And then the Holy Ghost will have an open door to start knocking on their heart. And He'll start showing them the things of Jesus that's in your life. And start showing them that there's more uh, uh, that, that they've ever believed for. There, there, there's, there's hope, there's confidence, there's a future. God has an expected end for His people. Amen? There's no questions in God. Uh, as far as what he's determined from the foundation of the world for you and I. Right. All right. We read all of that just to get to this. Now, notice this. Verse number 8. Charity never faileth. Love never faileth. But they should, But whether there's other things. Notice what he says. Prophecies, uh, tongues, knowledge. All of those things are going to fail. They're going to vanish away. But the love of God never, ever fails. So you can be an example. In other words, when... Uh, you're, you're walking in love and it feels like that you've reached the very end of the love that you can give to somebody. Right. And you need to hear this this morning by the Spirit of God. You think that you've gave them all that you've got to give them. Then you are in the perfect place for God to take over yes. and for Him to fill you back up. Because when you give all that you've got, then that's when God can give you everything He has for you at that moment. See, I can't receive the good things of God in the fullness that He would have for me until I empty out. And when I empty out, I am a vessel that is waiting to be full. And God never leaves a vessel that's waiting and looking and to have a, a, a heart's desire, a yearning to be filled that He does not fill. Amen? So the love of God that is in you will never fail. So say, I will never fail. 
Because why? You operate in the love of God. Amen? So it doesn't matter what the devil's trying to do to you. You are an overcomer. You have the victory. And that love of God is the assurance, the focal point of that. Amen? Now, um, let's, uh, in First Peter chapter 4, I believe it is, let's read a verse. First Peter chapter 4, look at verse number 7 and see if this doesn't match where we're at this morning. But the end of all things is at a hand. Don't you feel it in your spirit? Come on, but the end of all things is at hand. But be ye therefore sober. In other words, don't be uh, influenced from externally. You know, but be influenced internally by the Holy Spirit in your life. He said, be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. In other words, through the prayer that you're going to have because of the love of God in your life, operating in and through your life, you're going to see the truth where uh, others will never be able to see that without that. That's why you're an example of it. But verse number 8, And above all things, have fervent, have boiling charity, boiling love. Have a love that is waxing hot. Having a love that is... Uh, coming right from the altar of God where the, the fire from the altar is burning inside of you, inside of me. And, and have favorite charity among yourselves for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. So you have this assurance because you're an example. So this morning, ooh, this morning, you, you, there may be some areas in your life where you've been hurt and, and and you're like we said just a moment ago. You're at your uh, very end of your ability to be able to love somebody, to be able to get over or somebody. You've been hurt this morning. Somebody that's close to you has has uh, made bad decisions. I want you to know those decisions that they made, they weren't just against you, but they were empowered uh, by deception of the enemy because the enemy hates you. The devil hates you. He wants to hurt you. He wants to, to keep you in a place where you're focused on Him, uh, your situation, your storm. But uh, if you and I will come back and we'll say, Lord, right now I know I've I, I got to be sober. I've I got to watch into prayer. I've got to see things by prayer. And, and I, I want you to help me. Let your love come into my life. And no matter how bad somebody sinned against me, I'm not going to let that stop me from fulfilling my destiny. Love covers a multitude of sins. In other words, it doesn't matter what they've done or what they said. Now, we're not talking about justifying what they've done or said. Okay, that's important. We're talking about what they've done or said to you, to me, not stopping us. Letting the love of God cover that where we have freedom, where we have liberty. Amen? Glory. God's so good. Now, I just understand now why we read this verse. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. This, uh, I could have a runaway. Uh, so, God wants us to, to operate in this forgiveness by love. And look what he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse number 14. Out of the mouth of Jesus... For if you forgive men their trespasses, if you forgive mankind uh, of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. What a powerful statement. All I've got to be willing to do is, is say, Lord, I receive your word. I receive your power to do your word. 
And gosh, that puts you and I in a place of great power. Amen. Look at the next verse. He said, but if you forgive not men or mankind their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. So we see the positive. We see the negative. And so we see the power uh, that the enemy wants to exert in your life and my life. He wants to keep us operating in ourselves. But you and I say I'm lenient. Now, just think about this. The, the Bible says uh, that the way that we judge a situation is the way that God has to judge us. That's out of the mouth of Jesus, right? Matthew chapter 7, uh, started about verse number 1. So, uh, you and I this morning, we've got to be in the place and the position where we say, hmm, I, I, I choose to forgive because Jesus told me to forgive. And if he told me to forgive, then he always brings an anointing. He brings an ability to be able to do that. So, so I'm going to be an example in leniency. I'm going to be an example in offering forgiveness. Because God, through Jesus Christ, was that example to me. Isn't that something? Because I don't know about you, but I, I can look over my life and I can see the things that I've done that not only were detrimental and hurt me, but it hurt those that God loved. But yet God is willing to what? To put the love that covers a multitude of sins. And that love is the blood that was shed on the cross at Calvary of Jesus Christ. And take all of that away. So I can be, you can be an example. In other words, today, what is going to bring our nation back together? What, what, what's going to reach the harvest? Now we know what the Bible says. And we know that prophecy has to take place. But you and I have got to be in step with God. And let's don't move farther ahead and get out of the timetable that God would have for us. Amen? And I believe we're in the season and the time uh, for revival. Now, I said this uh, to Donna, and, uh, and, and then it seemed like bam, bam, bam. After I said it, it, it uh, I, don't, I don't know how many people come and, and uh, showed me where other people were saying it. Uh, but I said, I believe that this snowfall that we had was very prophetic. I believe it come at a right time, and it come and it was a type of God's cleansing, a type of God showing that I have not gave up on America. I've not gave up, and that I, if you look in the Bible, the, 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 it talks about in the book of Job that the, the snow, that there's a treasury. Well, we're not talking about just literally a treasury of snow. We're talking about a treasury of cleansing, uh, a treasury of, of unique revelation, because each snowflake that you and I saw in that, I don't know how much you got, we got about 10 inches at the house, uh, was unique. So I believe God is pouring out. If you notice uh, the, the way this come across the United States of America, right where we need it. And I believe God's up to something. And, and so I, I want us to see that we can forgive because Jesus told us to. And, and we're, we're going to see those things covered just like... This snow coming, it covered the land. Let's believe that the Holy Ghost is going to come and blanket the hearts of people because we, there's a harvest out there that is ripe, that is ready, whether we believe it or not. But let's pray that we can see it like we never saw it before. Amen? So, the, 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 the leniency. Let's look at something. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. You and I... The, it's so important that, that we walk in forgiveness. It's so important that because right now, uh, you, know, you know, there's so much uh, division. There's people at odds 
um, at all different classes in society here, uh, in, well, around the world, but especially right here in our nation where we can see it. And so we've got to learn how to be that example. We've got to say, well, God said I was an example. If he said I was, that a die was cast in me in spirit uh, to, to bring forgiveness, to bring leniency, I can do it. Now, notice what he says here in uh, Ephesians 4.32, the last verse of chapter 4. He said, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Notice this now, the last part of the verse. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. Isn't that something? That's not just in there to fill up space. That's in there to empower you and I. In other words, the reason why God forgave you, forgave me this morning, is the reality of what Jesus Christ was willing to pay for us. He gave His last breath. He gave His entire life for us. The Bible says that He was made sin. That we could be made righteous. The Bible said he was spiritually bankrupt that you and I could become rich. That's something, isn't it? So, in the same way that God uh, extended his forgiveness, his leniency to us, you and I, we have the ability, because we're authorized from heaven, to be able to do it to others. So, in other words, you're in a situation... Um, We've got to be sure that we forgive. You know, sometimes we've got to even forgive those that have passed on. Yeah. We can have unforgiveness. We can have anger. We can have uh, resentment because they left us. Yeah. We think, you know, the devil tells us all of these things. And, and so we've got to be very cautious and to make sure that, that we're in the place where we don't let anything come up in our heart. Because you're an example. In other words, people are looking at you. They're seeing you go through the same things they're going through. And they're wanting to know, how does this Jesus work? How does they make their life so much different? How are they able to cope? And that's because you're able to receive forgiveness and you're able to give forgiveness. I want you to think about that seed. That seed of forgiveness that's in your life, it produces fruit. You, you, you take one seed in the natural and you plant it in the ground and you get this great big harvest. So you have so much more to give than you ever understood, than I've ever understood. Amen? So when he says forgive, just when the devil comes to you and go, ah, you haven't forgot, so you haven't forgiven. No, there's a difference. I forgive because I'm doing it by faith. Everything that you and I do as a blood-washed blood believer, we do it by faith. And the faith means that my outside, it may be going through all of these situations. I may be feeling all of these things, but on the inside, I know. Amen. I know who I am. I know who I serve. I know what I'm doing. Amen? Amen? So you are this example. All right. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 for a second witness on this, on this leniency. Um, Colossians chapter 3, look what he says in um, verse number 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. You ever thought about that? God elected you? That means a divine selection. He picked you out to live right now because he knew you could get the job done. That's why the devil comes so strong and so hard in so many ways. 
But I digress. Put them, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. Aren't you glad? Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Notice this, verse 13. Forbearing one another. Now, this word forbearing, I love it from the Greek. It simply means to put up with. Sometimes Donna's just got to put up with me. I don't deserve it, but she just puts up with me until what? Until some things work out. So you and I, this morning, we need to say, huh, I've got a little situation here, but I can forbear it because I have a command from God. And every time I have a command from God, I have a Christos, a Christ, an anointing to bring it to pass. So you simply just be honest with the Lord. Sometimes I've got to tell Him, say, Lord, I am one nano inch from disaster. You ever feel like that you're so close to the edge that it's closer than the width of eyelash? But you tell him where you're at, what you're dealing with, and all of a sudden, the cross comes between you and what the devil's trying to do. That's your power. That's your victory. Amen? So forbearing. Forbearing one another and forgiving. Oh, I can forgive. See, the, the person that I was mad at for years and years, didn't bother them at all. But it kept me in a prison. They don't care. Come on now. Forbearing and forgiving one another. If any man, any woman, any boy, any girl have a quarrel against any. Even as, just as much from the Greek. Even as Christ forgave you. So do ye. So do ye. How do we do it? Verse 14. And above all these things put on charity. Which is the bond of perfectness. In other words, because God forgave me. I can forgive others. For the love and the leniency, it's there. It's there. Why are we talking about this? Because there's going to be some people come into your life, into your path. There's going to be some people come into this church that your first thought is, huh, I don't know if I'm ready for that or not. But you are. That's why God's getting us ready. He's getting us in the place with the mentality of who we are and how we are this example. Amen? It's important that we see it as truth. Okay. Go to Acts chapter 5. We talked about love. We talked about leniency. Let's talk about loyalty. Since the things has worked out the way they have, and uh, I don't understand the, the way everything has come to pass uh, in this time in our nation. I don't understand why uh, certain prophetic words have seemingly fell to the ground. I don't understand. And we're in a place, in a position where there's many things that's being uh, brought forth in our government that is is seemingly going to bring persecution to the church. It's going to bring uh, where you're going to have to make a stand and I'm going to have to make a stand. And in that stand, uh, there's always going to be friction. And, and so we've got to make sure that we are loyal to the one who was loyal to us. Because when persecution comes to the God's church, though, I want you to mark it down. Every time it comes, what happens? Exponential growth. The church is growing like crazy. The under the underworld, the hidden church in China, is growing, uh, and is 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 uh, Russia is changing and, and starting to bring more persecution on the church. It's growing back like it was 
uh, in the late 80s. There's things happening. Why? Because that persecution causes people to draw closer to God. And so the uh, reason why we're looking at this, uh, you know, it used to be that if you went to church, uh, whether somebody else didn't go or not, they had respect toward that. Well, you're going to encounter a lot of that, and that's not going to be the case. And so you've got to have the love, you've got to have the leniency, and you've got to be loyal to God to, to, to say, well, it doesn't matter what they've said or what they've done. I'm not doing it uh, because I want to do it. I'm doing it because I'm loyal to the one who is loyal to me and come and meet me in my sin. Amen? Amen. So we won't have time to look at all this, but in, in Acts chapter 5, you, you see where, starting in verse 17, the, the, the Spirit of God is moving and, and great miracles is happening like never before. And I'm ready for it again, aren't you? But they don't like it. The religious don't like it. The world doesn't like it. Verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is in the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. And they laid their hands on the apostles, on God's sent ones. Jesus said unto you, Go. So that is a type and a shadow for us to understand. And they laid hands on the apostles, and they put them in common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to all the people the words of this life. That's the message. It's not about everything that you and I worry about, trying to figure out how to present a, 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 a paradigm that people will receive. No, it's just simply telling them the gospel, the good news. That's all it is. You realize most people don't even know what the good news is? Because we, we believe everybody's heard it so much that it's somewhere kind of fell between the cracks. But so, so they go and do what they're supposed to do and, and they get this persecution. Uh, drop down for sake of time to verse 27. Uh, so they bring them out of the prison. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest and asked them, saying... Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem. What a compliment. Wouldn't you love for somebody to come to you and say, You have filled Pope County. Wouldn't that be something? That's belief for it. And you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man, Jesus' blood, upon us. Verse 29. Now here's why we came here. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought, it must needs be, it's a die, we ought to obey God rather than men. So you and I, we've got to be loyal. In other words, there's going to come an anointing that you're going to start doing some things that other churches, other people, even government officials, they're not going to understand because they have not seen it since this time. Now, what happened? Peter was walking down the street, and wherever he walked, they would put somebody in his path, and when his shadow fell on them, they were healed. Does God change? So what happened? Something happened with the church. Nothing's happened with God, right? And so when persecution comes back, you and I, we've got to make a stand and say, I'm going to be loyal to God. You, you, you realize that because they were willing to keep going to the temple, 
It all started in Acts 3 because they kept going to the temple that they run on to the man who was lame. God's going to lead you where you need to be for those who are ready to receive the message. And you have what you need to give them. Silver and gold, nah. But such as I have. What have you got? You've got Jesus Christ. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Amen. You've got this. And so you have the love of God. You have the leniency that you're not going to say, oh, well, they, they did that. They deserve it. If I got where I deserved, I'd be in hell this morning. Well, you know what I'm saying. We say that, but I'd be in judgment. But I'm not because of God's grace. Amen. And you're not either. So now I've got to be loyal. In other words, there's going to be even family members that's not going to understand. Uh, I struggled when Don and I first got saved and started going to church and, and, and uh, we saw some things and, and we made a stand. And, and my family, uh, they were all right with us. I'm talking about some of my, our family. It was all right with us going to church. But then when we started making a different kind of stand, they thought, now you're taking this just a little bit too far. But you're loyal to God, not to man. In other words, you follow what conviction, what truth He lays on your heart. You're not responsible to believe like me. I'm not responsible to believe like you. I've got to believe like He's put in my heart. You've got to believe like He's put in your heart. So we make that choice. I'm going to be loyal no matter what. Let's go to Luke 14 in closing. Look out of the mouth of Jesus. Um... Uh, this, this 14th chapter, you need to be very familiar with it because it's what God wants us to be doing right now. But for sake of time, I want you to look starting in verse 25. Luke fourteen twenty-five, And there went out great multitudes unto him, unto Jesus. And he turned and he said unto them, You and I, we've got to be willing to, to understand that Christ is the head and we're the body. And so we've got to speak the message that Jesus would have us to speak. He has to have you because He set it up that way. A lot of people, they don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. They say, oh, no, God can do anything. God can do anything according to His Word. And you are His body in the earth, and He has to have you. So you've got to be, I've got to be loyal to Him. Now notice this. Verse 26. If any man, any man, woman, boy or girl, any human, come to me, those who come to Jesus... And hate not. Now, let's mark that down right there. Now, this Greek word is according to uh, the surrounding verses, how you translate it. And so, uh, right here, my opinion, you study that for yourself. I feel like that they should have translated this, love less. Love, because that's one of the meanings of this word. And we know that God wants us to love, right? So, take that into your heart. If any person come to Jesus and they love not less their father. In other words, if you and I, if we put more emphasis on our family, if we're more loyal to our family than we are to our call in Jesus, to the, the one who has called us out of the world, then we've got a problem. We all together? Okay. If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother, his wife, his children, his brethren, and his sisters, yea, in his own life, mark that down. In his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, the word disciple, it simply means uh, that you're a pupil, you're a learner, but it's from uh, the word of becoming disciplined. 
In other words, I can't be disciplined in the teachings of the Lord, in His will and His plan, if I don't love Him first. But let me tell you, I can love other people the way I'm supposed to love them when I love God first. Uh, Donna, uh, she loves me more now because her love for the Lord has grown so much in the last decade. I mean, I thought she loved me in, in ways that was unbelievable before, but it cannot be touched in the patience, in the truth, in the leniency, in the giving, because she loves Jesus so much. So that's just why he's saying this. I, I, I've got I've to make sure that my loyalty is first to God. And so when you love God first and foremost and you're putting His will, you're being disciplined in what He would have you to do, what He would have me to do, then it puts everything in perspective. In other words, God doesn't want somebody to keep you from your call, your destiny, His best. Amen? Verse 27. And whosoever doeth not uh, bear his cross, no gender intended, and come after me cannot be my disciple. In other words... We've got to die daily. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. You've got to make a choice to die out to self or not. And, and uh, I don't know about you, but this flesh, it puts up a struggle sometimes. But if I'm going to be disciplined, in other words, if I'm going to be able to do the things that change people's lives, and be that example that God called me to be, if you're going to be that example, and you are, and I am, then we've got to do it by the cross. Now, what does that mean? That the cross is the ultimate source of victory. See, the devil didn't understand what he was doing. The, the Bible tells us he wouldn't have killed Jesus if he would knew what he was doing. So, we don't understand sometimes why Jesus tells us to pick up our cross. But it's the key to victory. Just... Sometimes I want to say, Lord, tell me why, and I'll do it. And he says, you do it, and then you'll know why. Let's just do it. Amen. That's like I got so, can I just tell myself? And, and I, you know, I've been praying, just like you had, about this weather for this give out. And every time I looked at that forecast, and they kept telling us what it was going to be, I, I, just, I got aggravated. I got aggravated, and I, and, I, and I said, dear Lord, I said, we've, we've believed you to get this truck here, and we, we, and, and, we, and everybody's gave her their, their money and their time and all of these things to make this possible, and you're going to freeze us to death? I said, I don't understand. I said, people don't get out when it's cold, you know? And, and I was just, I was struggling with this, okay? I'm just, I'm just telling you, being honest with you. And so... Um, after it was all over, and, and then the snow hit, uh, Donna looked at me and she grinned, and she said, now you know why. See, everybody come by, they had food for the weather. Isn't God good? But I didn't want to, I wanted my answer. But if we're going to succeed, and we are, amen, because we're being changed from glory to glory, we're going to let God do what He wants to do. Okay. In closing, I want, I, I want you to consider this with me. We don't understand 
all things. And sometimes people is going to come to you and they're going to give you some words and you're going to have the choice to evaluate them by the Spirit and receive them with joy or cast them aside. Amen? All right. Two little boys, they grew up together. One was a commoner, uh, just, just a common native in, in uh, uh, the very jungles of Africa. The other one was destined to be king of the tribes. But they grew up together. They played together. Uh, they'd done everything together. And then one day, uh, it was destined, and uh, the one become the chief of the, all the, of the tribes. But they were still friends. But in the meantime, the, 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 the one native boy, he had been introduced by missionaries to Jesus. And so he just didn't get saved. I mean, he got born again. He got on fire, filled with the Spirit of God, listening to the Lord. And so he took every opportunity he could to share what Jesus had done in his life and through his life, and he, especially with this chief. This chief, he had his own gods, his own... Uh, Religion that would have been passed down to him uh, by the whole tribe. And so uh, he didn't really listen to him, you know. But sometimes he would get aggravated and he'd get mad at him. But one time they went out uh, and, and they were uh, hunting with their bows and their arrows. And the, the young the native guy, he was talking to the, the chief. And uh, he was trying to tell him to share his heart about Jesus. And, and, the, and the chief was getting aggravated. And somehow the chief managed to get his thumb wrapped up in the, in, the, in the string of the bow and arrow. And he cut his thumb off right at this joint. And when he cut his thumb off, the young native boy said, Well, praise God. That made the chief really mad. So he threw the, uh, threw the young man in, into, into their type of jail. I don't know what they call it, a gall. Uh, in their in their language, but threw him in what we would say jail, and he stayed there. Uh, days went into weeks, weeks went into months, and and so one day the the the, the chief decided. He said, "I'm going to go expand our territory. I'm going to do some uh, some reconnaissance and see what's going on around us, and and plus I'll bring back some fresh meat in the in the meantime." And so he goes out and he does that, and all of a sudden, him and his uh, helper, uh, his slave that was with him, they get overtaken uh, by cannibals. And so, boy, they, they put him up on this uh, place. They're going to get ready to roast him. And uh, the witch doctor walked by and he saw that he had one thumb missing. And he said, he won't be a sacrifice. No perfect, no cookie. No perfect, no cookie. So, he gets loose from that and he, and he goes back and he immediately goes to the jail and he, he pulls his friend out of the jail and he tells him, he said, he said, you're right, I've got to learn how to praise this God of yours because if I'd have had my thumb, I would be dead. So when you said praise God, you was exactly right. And so he, he see this example, he received Christ as his Lord and his Savior and then all of a sudden his friends started rejoicing and jumping up and down. And he said, what are you so excited about? He said, I'm excited because I was in jail. He said, how can you praise God and be excited because you was in jail? He said, because I had two thumbs and I'd have been with you. 
all in mindset, all in attitude. You are an example. You can change people's lives. Amen? Pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice in you, Lord. We re- we're so glad that we are saved, that we're born again, that we're washed, that we have a call, we have a destiny. Lord, I ask right now that the reality of your word would be more real than anything that we're feeling, uh, that the, the, the struggle, the situation, the circumstance, that it would come underneath your son, Jesus Christ. I ask you, Father, that you would touch us and draw us this morning and help us to hear and receive the words of life that will change every situation. Lord, we thank you for this grace, for this mercy. And we ask, Lord, that we leave here more in the image of Christ. And we leave here rejoicing, but also expecting to be able to touch and to shape and to form somebody else's life because you have gave us love, you gave us leniency, and we are loyal to you, Lord. Let it be. Oh, I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and you'd like prayer, I'd love for you to come up here and we'd pray with you. I'll put the mask on. Or if you want prayer at your seat, we'll pray for you at your seat. But I I felt the Spirit of God talking to different people uh, during this message about different things. I I, I want you to make sure that that you receive everything God would have for you. He wants healing for you. Um, We woke up last Sunday morning and this Sunday morning at 3.33 exactly. Both times. Last Sunday morning, God gave me some things to pray over you. And uh, even though you weren't here because you couldn't be, I understand that. uh, God started something in the Spirit. But uh, I know that there's some struggle in your life. There's some heartache in your life that God wants to heal. And and the way that you can be healed from that is understanding that, that God wants to put His big loving hands around you and shape you and mold you and let everything that's a hindrance and a hurt, let it be broke off of you. See, all we have to do is be willing to come to Him and just tell Him what we're feeling, what we're thinking. Um, There's some things that we too have to agree to overcome. And if you and I agree on it, God will do it. Amen. Amen. He wants you to have freedom and liberty this morning because you are His example. We have nothing to be ashamed of, but we have everything to rejoice about. Amen? Hallelujah. So in the name of Jesus, anybody that needs prayer, come make yourself an altar. If you need prayer at your seat, I'll come pray with you. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Glory. Hallelujah.